11 o'clock straight up. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline are buddy Andrew Raycroft of Nesson on this Bruins Thursday. Between the Pipes and Andrew Raycroft presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow. Razor, good morning. Good morning. How's everyone making out? Uh, we're uh, we we're okay. Trade deadline has uh, come and passed, friend. I want to ask you uh, about old Hampus and his hamper and stuffing people in it. And you know, uh, I, I, we know the trade deadline is now coming past, and Lindholm is here. What kind of defenseman is this guy? For those who don't stay up late, like me, who don't know all of the players across the league. What did the Bruins acquire? Yeah, quickly, just similar to Charlie McAvoy in, in that he does everything really well. Uh, nothing flashy, maybe not the same kind of big hit ability as Charlie has, but can play with anybody, against anybody in the league, skates really well, closes out defensively, has a bit of a mean streak, hard, really hard to play against. And, and to have him and Charlie eating 24 minutes a night for the next eight years is a huge deal for the Bruins. So the two big stories at the deadline for the Bruins were the you know the two guys they brought in, but also the one guy that stayed and Jake DeBrusque, who's wanted out all season long. He is here for the rest of the way. Also signed an extension, which I thought was to make it easier for him to get traded. But he's here either way. Are you concerned at all about his production and his even buy-in the rest of the way? Because now that he knows that he's here, he was really good in February when he first got up there with Bergeron and Marshawn, the month of March, though, has been pretty quiet for him. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the buy-in. I think signing the two-year contract gives him some stability. Hopefully it's motivation by by a lack of doubt, knowing that he's not going into the summer, wondering where he is, flailing in the UFA picture where you could end up not signing until September, October, especially with salary cap being as tight as it is. So, Yes, I think a lot of us thought the extension meant a deal was coming through three minutes after that, but, but not seeing it and the value he provides on the top line right wing. You want to see him really have a productive couple months, and, and if he really wants out, that's the best way to get out is be really good come playoff time. Are you surprised that uh, DeBrusque is still here? Uh, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, again, the extension after that, I, I, I'm a little surprised. But, but going into it, I think he gives the Bruins value. And I know we talked about it before. He provides the Bruins more value than the other 31 teams at this point. To be on the top line, right winger with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and the way he slotted everybody else in the lineup, especially up front, he provides a lot of value for the Bruins right now. And, and they obviously couldn't find it anywhere else. Besides health, what are you looking for uh, this team to do the final what 19 games of the regular season? Well, it's it's definitely health, and it, and it's about playing the right way, incorporating Lindholm on the back end, where he actually ends up. Does he end up with McAvoy? Does he move down with Carlo? How they toggle those guys? Who plays really well together? We've talked about how the Bruins' defensive system can take a little bit of time to get used to. It's a little bit different than everywhere else, so Lindholm will have to get up to pace on that, but it's about staying healthy. It's about feeling good about yourself, and no matter who they play in the first round, the other team doesn't want to play them, and, and they're going to have a tough matchup themselves. Andrew Raycroft of Nesson joining us on the Harbor One Hotline here with Gresh and Keith on WEEI. Not getting a forward at the deadline. Big deal, no big deal. What's your read? Well, it's more of the depth issue for me, and I would have loved to have seen them, whether it was – I'm not really concerned about that top line because you keep Jake DeBrus. It's more – 
what happens if you lose two guys to injury and you're really dipping into the Providence pipeline and you're really requiring that organizational depth to come through. Obviously, the Bruins feel like they have it, but I, I would have liked to have seen one or two more depth forwards come in that, that can jump in and play 10 minutes against Carolina, Tampa, or Florida in the first round. Did anybody in your mind get significantly better? Any of the contenders get better during the trade deadline? Or are we in a similar spot where, you know, teams improve, but the, you know, the same contenders are, are the same, same group? Yeah, it's the same group. Florida getting Claude Giroux, that's, that's the big name. But it, it kind of feels like all three, four, five, six teams went on a seven-game winning streak at the same time. And, and maybe one team won eight games in a row, but everyone else won seven. So you didn't really gain much ground, didn't lose much ground, and they all feel really good about their teams. Uh, as you look at the standings in terms of tonight's game against the Lightning Razor, they're a point out of third are the Bruins, and they're only two points out of second in the Atlantic. So I we got ourselves a race here does that make this game vitally important, or do the standings not really matter at the end of the day? Well, anytime you can get home ice advantage, that's a bonus. Uh, teams will say it doesn't matter when they don't get it, but but that's always the goal. And, and I think it's a big game. Jeremy Swam is playing Tampa Bay tonight, and he's got them at home. In the first, it's a real big game. This will be a playoff atmosphere tonight. And, and if the Bruins can put Tampa Bay into the wild card position with a win tonight, that means it's a big game, and anytime you can drop those guys down the standings and give yourself an opportunity to jump Toronto at some point for that second place in the division, uh, we didn't expect that in December, and it's a testament to how good this team's been since January 1. So Fabian Lysel was their first-round pick last year. I think it was 21st overall. He's playing in the WHL this season. There is some talk that maybe he could join the team. Do you- what are, you, what are you hearing on that, and what, do you have any expectations for him? Well, the expect, I mean, he's on the edge of your seat excitement in, in the WHL right now. He, he's a great, skilled player. When you talk about what the expectation is, it, it's almost you don't expect him to be awesome game one if he ends up playing, but you can see him being kind of that Tyler Sagan-type guy where you put him in the lineup in the second round. He hasn't played. He just gets shot out of a rocket and he's better and faster than everyone else. So I, I suppose you can maybe expect some fireworks from him at some point, but I, I don't expect him to just jump in the lineup and, and be dominant right away. I could see him being that guy who jumps on the third line at some point if they have him around where he creates all kinds of energy and just flies around the ice. Razor, I know we had a texter mention sort of those college kids who could jump into the fray here late. Do you think at the end of the college season there will be some prospects that will join teams that will actually make a difference come playoff time? I don't. It's similar to the, the, the description I just gave you of Fabian Lysel. You can get some energy from some of these young guys, but there's nobody out there that any team's going to sign and, and have them make a, go on to win the Consumite Trophy. That, that's, there's no one out there that does that. There's some guys that could provide some depth for some of these teams, but, but at the end of the day, it, it's the Bergerons, the Halls, the Pasternaks, the Marchands that, that really make the difference come playoff time. All right, Razor. Uh, I know that uh, you, you're going to help contribute to something that we're working on coming up. But first, you've taught us about the tickle trunk. And if you're new to the show, Razor, when asked about, hey, go get a Halloween costume, he said, let me go to the tickle trunk and see what I find. So you can go in the trunk for good, for bad, for indifferent, or Razor just wants to put you there. So, Razor, who gets tickle trunk treatment this week? 
I'm going to give Connor Clifton some love and a guy that, you know, that depth defenseman guy, they bring in Lindholm. So he becomes more of a depth guy, seven, eight, him and Riley are going to go back and forth, but he goes out and plays a great game in Montreal, right? Right after the deadline, great impression, great bounce, uh, taught, you know, just, to, just to prove that he wants to be in the lineup, scored a huge goal to tie things up, had a nice assist on the first goal, Connor Clifton going to give him some love. The Bruins have depth on the back end and that's, as important as anything come playoff time. And Razor, I'm sure you're aware of the phenomenon sweeping the internet right now, which is the Gresham Keefe March Vagnus. And Razor, you have one, but not two, uh, sorry, not one, but two entries into uh, the Bruins region. Obviously, your commercial with Patrice Bergeron is in there. But back in February of 2011, the Boston Bruins played the Dallas Stars. And in the first three, uh, four seconds of the game, there were three fights. You had Sean Thornton. You had Gregory Campbell. You had uh, Adam McQuaid beat the snot out of whoever he went up against. And then in the next minute, the Bruins scored two goals on two shots, and the Dallas Stars pulled Andrew Raycroft from the net. Razor, did you consider fighting Tuka Rask, and what is your recollection of that night? Well, I might as well have, and I probably I should have done it before the first two goals went in and really <laughs> just got myself out of the game, I guess. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, Milan Lucic scored on me. I remember that. I remember being having a bad feeling going into that game, and, and it came through. The Bruins were on a roll. They went on to win the Cup that year. The best part of that story is those three fights, like you talked about, and the Bruins wiped the floor with my Dallas Star teammates. And the best part of it is one of the Bruins players leans over the bench to the Dallas Stars bench and says, we haven't even sent our two toughest guys out on the ice yet, Lucic and Chara. So you guys might want to just cool your jets a little bit. Uh, and that, that was a tough night for the Dallas Stars. And, and we lost all three of those players. It was, it was a disaster for, for us, and we couldn't get out of Boston quick enough. How many goalie fights were you involved in? Uh, not, not, I was in one real goalie fight in the AHL in, in Portland. I was of the era, though, where benches cleared or you had warm-up fights all the time juniors early in the AHL days but a lot of times I seeked out the goaltender that I knew so we could just stand and watch all the animals beat each other up (laughs) yeah it's a good idea did you did you play a (laughs) position other than goalie at some point coming up in your career in your hockey life like were you once a defenseman who actually elbowed someone or punched him in the pie hole no, no. I mean, when I was a kid, I scored like 300 goals a season. I was on Gretzky pace, but but decided to go go back between the pipes. So at a young age, I scored a bunch of goals and, and did, probably didn't pass the puck as much as I should. But uh, I, I switched over to goaltender probably around 11 years old. Gotcha. There was nothing pre or there was nothing predetermined in that whole Dallas Boston game like beforehand, right? Like. There was no, there no was, nothing, nothing at all. Like we were in the Western Conference, we were just coming into Boston one night. Like it was, it was bizarre. It really was bizarre. So I feel good about myself being part of moving on in your your infamous bracket. This is the, this <laughs> is great stuff. Yeah. Yes, good yeah. luck to they you. They are we're not gonna... pitted against each other either, but no. they will be next round. If Could both be a win. second oh. round matchup after these explanations. Yeah, right. well, how well. is I mean a double shot of razor moving forward in March Vagnus would be pretty good. You can see uh, Andrew Raycroft. You can hear him here on Weei, and you can see him on Nesson as well. Razor, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome guys, thanks. Have a great weekend.